Data gathered on the farm can help improve decision-making, and the tech for data collection keeps evolving. What does that mean for your farm? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. This week we look at farm data. How exciting, right? But we are exploring questions from a couple of different angles. First, we're gonna connect with Tom Eikhoff, Director of Implementation for the Climate Corporation. Eikhoff discusses steps farmers can take now as Combine's role to have good information for 2022 decision-making. Then we talk with Orlando Saez. He's co-founder and chief executive officer at Acre Ag. Now this is a startup that's collecting more detailed information in the field using some interesting tools. He discusses that tool, an innovative probe that actually hangs from a drone and gets right down in the crop canopy. And he seeks what he calls field truth. But first, we'll check in with Tom Eikhoff. Tom Eikhoff at Climate Corporation, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Thanks, Willie. It's great to be here. We are at the Farm Progress Show. We're surrounded by corn. Harvest is about to begin, but when I think about data, I probably should be thinking about data before my combine rolls, shouldn't I? Absolutely. You know, this is this is the part of the year where preparation pays big dividends here in a couple months. And being prepared to take in, pull in all this information that's going to happen over the Midwest over the, the, the next few weeks is, is a vital step in setting yourself up for future decision making. So talk to me about what's going on at Climate Field View. I mean, this is a product that's got some history, got some uh, good legacy, but you're adding new things into 2022 what what should i know about yeah i mean you know one thing that we always hear with field view is hey there's a ton of value in getting all my data in one place i love the fact that you know multiple pieces of equipment i can bring it all together but then to your point well hey how do i start to analyze this data and really process what did i learn from it Um, a couple key things you'll see this year um, is there's been some improvements there's some features that were only available within our apps um, that are now moving to the desktop so the ability to filter on different fields um, the ability to run things called field region reports um, within uh, within field view on the desktop are also available which is just going to make that decision making that analysis process that much easier for our customers well, talk to me about regions, field regions. So you're, I can break a single field down into different parts. What by, Do I decide what those re- points are? Or what do you, yeah, so I mean, I think that's one of the benefits is there's actually a ton of flexibility. You can think about regions as being comparing two hybrids or comparing a fertility practice on one half of the field versus another, maybe a fungicide application. All of those could be created as a region within there. But you could also use the underlying soil features, um, past yield maps to really understand where's the variability and how do the products or the practices that you're implementing on your own farm, your own fields, then turn out at the end of the year. And that's what these types of region reports, they allow you the flexibility to create these regions and look at the outcome and test for yourself what, uh, what was the best decisions you made this year. The whole idea is to take what I learned this year and apply it to next year. And a lot of that's going to come down to hybrid and variety selection. Anything on Climate Field View that's going to help me think about that for next year? Yeah, there's a couple of things that, uh, a couple initiatives that we're working on um, all around how do we place seed better. Um, you'll, you'll hear terms like the seed advisor, um, a tool that we're enabling some of our dealers to have um, this year that's really going to, again, help allow better selection of a portfolio of hybrids and then which field should I place them on? Um, what density should I place or should I plant them at in even a variable rate script type of format? 
We've also got an initiative we're, we're terming trial advisor that's leveraging all of the split plant information that we have at our fingertips and combining that with our rich R&D pipeline, you know, all of our breeding data to try to understand, hey, if you're planting product A on your farm, is there a better option? If, if you're going to split plant something, what would be hybrid B, C, or D that you could try that would like is a high likelihood of outperforming something you're already planting? So taking these data and changing them into something that's an actionable recommendation is something that uh, you'll see several initiatives in the marketplace this year. Well, the trial advisor is interesting to me because I kind of know what's in the catalog from my part, my farm, that I might want to try. This might surprise me if I'm looking at Trial Advisor. Yeah, I mean, it's combining um, over 70,000 different side-by-side comparisons across the U.S., um, about 8,600 hybrids that um, the, the model is becoming familiar with. So it really gives you a vast view of the types of products you could be comparing on your own farm. And, and to your point, there's a lot of hybrids out there. There's a lot of choices. So sometimes things will show up that you hadn't really thought of that may be performing really, really well in your area. And this is a way that we can help surface that for our customers. Yeah, because I think you can't know everything about what's available in, in your market, given all the changes to the way hybrid developments happen. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's there's new hybrids coming out every year. And again, it's, it's one of the really cool opportunities we have within FieldView is it's a new hybrid to the marketplace, but we've oftentimes tested it seven, eight years in our breeding pipeline and our market development pipeline. So we've got a tremendous amount of data on it. And being able to launch products into the marketplace and provide recommendations based on that data is something that really helps um, our, our customers be successful right out of the gate with our newest genetics. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point I don't think a lot of people think about. You have a lot of data on everything. I mean, with breeding 3.0 and the field trait testing and that goes on in the field, um, by the time it gets to my farm or it's a, a choice for me, the local, uh, even the local technical service agronomist has decided that hybrid will work with that tech trait versus the other hybrid with a different trait. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great, I guess it's a great case study in continuing to see how does, how do we actually take data and make it useful for, for the, for our customers. And to your point, that combination of R&D data plus the information that you're pulling in in FieldView on your unique operation, your fields, um, make all the difference in making a really great decision going forward. This is a dynamite year for corn in some parts of the country and a horrid year for corn in others because of drought. But how will drought impact my data? So if I'm looking at my data from Minnesota this year for next year's crop, how's that gonna, is, am I going to have a problem or how is that going to work? Yeah, I mean, I'd say maybe the first thing, Willie, is you just want to make sure that your data is of good quality. And, you know, that starts with calibrating your machine, making sure that your combine, the, the way you're going to collect that is 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 it's it's up to snuff you want to make sure that what you're going to make decisions on is as best as you can um you know the drought impacts it's not necessarily um i'd say impacting data quality per se but obviously there's underlying factors that are caused that drought to have the impact it did and some of those are in our control some are not and for those that we can control what a great opportunity to learn hey Drought is something that we live with in agriculture somewhere every year. So how do I put myself in the best situation every time going into the season and, and make sure that that impact is as minimal as possible? And, and data is obviously a way you can do that. Calibration. It's a magic word. It's a, it, it may be a hated word for some people because I'm ready to rock and roll with my combine. And yet now I need to get a, a, probably a way wagon or I've got a scale on my cart. 
harvest at a slow speed, harvest at a normal speed, and then do the measurements. How do you, we got to, do you have to convince the customer that data has enough value to take that time? Yeah, I mean, I think about it in these terms, Willie, of every decision these our customers are making, farmers are making, if you could interject data into that, you know, the question would be, can you make a better decision? And I would say in almost all cases, yes. Um, nobody wants to break down in the middle of harvest. So what do you do? You make sure your bearings are greased, you oil your chains, you walk through the combine, make sure that you're in good operating order. Why should you look at data any differently? Um, that data has the opportunity to teach you something, help you make a different decision going forward that could be worth a lot of money going forward, much like stopping a breakdown during a critical point in, in the harvest season. So I, I view those calibrations as very much the same way you treat your machine. Of A well-operating machine is going to give you efficiency. Really clean, good data is going to help you be more efficient going forward. Well, Tom, I appreciate your time today on Around Farm Progress, and uh, good luck to you with Climate Corporation and always, also all those questions you're, people are going to be asking and answering this fall. Thanks. I really appreciate the chance to visit with you and have a great harvest season. We thank Tom Eikhoff for his time and for breaking away from the Farm Progress Show to talk with us about data. Farmers have been collecting a lot of information, which should help refine decisions going into the new season. Now we turn our attention to a new way to collect field data from the sky. Orlando Saez is co-founder and CEO of AcreAg, a startup that's using an innovative approach to capturing deeper data below the canopy in a growing crop. Acre has developed a probe that can hang from a larger drone, drop below the canopy, and collect a wide range of information. The same probe can be used as a handheld device for scouts walking through fields. We caught up with Saez during a BASF field event just ahead of the 2021 Farm Progress Show. Saez was at the company's Seymour, Illinois research facility demonstrating his drone probe technology. His work is expanding the information that can be gathered in the field, but more efficiently. Listen in on our conversation. So I'm talking with Orlando Saez from Acre, or Acre Ag, which is a startup based in St. Louis in the Danforth Center. I think that's where you guys are working now. We had an interesting conversation out here uh, at BASF and Seymour in their facility. And you showed me a drone. You showed all of us a drone. But the key to the drone wasn't the drone because any big giant drone can be bought from China. I've seen several. But you have a probe hanging from that thing. And that probe can also be handheld. But talk to me about the probe because you're rethinking how to use drone data and you're getting me into the canopy. Yes. So the big item here is we don't like to walk fields. And so you're lucky if you get a lot of college kids that can actually more than a W pattern walking fields. And so one of the things that we have a strong... Uh, connection with is with the source of truth and rather than introducing to growers to fancy images and things from the sky let's get to the field not until now that was easy uh, human labor is more expensive so what we did was essentially automate a function that is very old which is ground truthing so why don't we attach essentially what it amounts to a selfie stick on a drone and dip it under the canopy why? Because that's when it matters the most to figure out outbreak of disease. So the earliest manifestation of any outbreak is where you can mitigate the most yield loss. And so we talked to a handful of agronomists and we started the journey in NDSU. I was in Minnesota. We talked, worked with Extension in Minnesota, worked with NDSU over North Dakota. And the challenge was for this to be a source of truth that is equal to sending a person, we need to do an A-B test. We need to do a race. 
So let me send, I'm a smart agronomist, and let me send Acre with a stake. We're not that smart agronomists, but we have good technology to be able to consolidate the fact that we can bring data back that can be as good as somebody walking the field. So part of what I think that we are at the point of inception of technology getting under the canopy in a way that we can automate, finding indications in ways that was not possible before, and if we automate that, we reduce the unit cost, we can scale that, and we can bring more value. So the probe you're talking about, this is not just, a, you talk about a selfie stick on the end of a drone, but this is a pretty sophisticated probe. It's more than imagery. Uh, there's a lot. It's capturing a lot of information. So yeah, we take pictures, typical to an iPhone, and walking with your phone out to the field, but it has a handful of benefits. One is it has better GPS precision. So we're working on things that relate to small plot applications that you cannot do use with a phone. The, phone, the iPhone and the, your Androids have a particular error for right. GPS. If you go week over week to a particular small plot, you want to make sure that the data that you collect is from the same spot. So that's one. The second thing is that we collect a lot of environmental data. Um, so we collect CO2, O2, humidity, temperature, all kinds of agronomy indications that are important from a trend analysis to compare with other sources of data that are more broad. So you want to have your Doppler station, your Davis weather station. That gives you something that is across an, an entire farm. Now you have a way to see in-field variability to understand really what's what can respond better. And uh, a lot of the things that we work with uh, partners like BSF is as they're looking at biologicals, where the response of those particular inputs, environmental variability matters a lot more. So having the source of that source of data is very powerful for them. Yeah, I think that's real interesting because I think we talk about, I mean, that's more information than a human would have walking through that field too because that's data that you can pull into the system. Little AI can make some correlations on, well, when the CO2 and the O2 are at this level and the moisture is at this level, your chance of tar spot goes through the roof or whatever the correlation, right? Yeah, so we're playing with a handful of things, uh, both on the side of how do I mitigate loss? And the other one is how do I jack up the plant so that I can get the most response on a particular micronutrient? Um, I was actually up in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, not too long ago talking about how CO2 trending can be a leading indication for some micronutrients that can actually, the plant can respond a lot better depending on the growth stage of the plant. So we have what we think is the next Swiss Army knife that can be used for many things. The possibilities are endless. They're not up to us. What we're trying to do is put the technology in the hands of the people that know and let them play. How many probes do you have out? How many people are you working with in the field? And what geography are you working now? Yeah, so our model today is a fee-for-service data collection. So we have our own folks, our own probes, our own data. We have 40 pilots throughout the country. We pride ourselves in that we can deliver data. 95% of what we collect, we can deliver within 24 hours. But that's not good enough. So what we're thinking is converting our technology as a product so that you can buy essentially the probe, which is the sensor array, and attach it to our drone or to a DJI or to anything, similar to a camera. So we're trying to create a device that is a payload, and you can attach it also to a pivot, a water pivot, or you can put it in a, outside in a solar panel or you know leave it out there in a stationary configuration. The reason that's important for so many people is because we need to clean the data that comes back, and you want to use the same sensor, the same workflow, so that you can drive relevant results. It's a pretty big probe right now. Do you, when you talk about throwing this on a DJI, are you looking at a more compact version as you go forward? It is, even though what you saw is big, but it's still two pounds. Okay. So it's still light enough that we can fly it on a DJI, particularly wow. not the Mavics, but no, you can fly no. it on the M300s and there's some platforms that you can use right. it. I mean, you can put DSLR cameras, big cinematography cameras. Yeah, I think the Matrice can handle some of that big stuff too. Absolutely it can. So that's what we're thinking about that, but eventually we can come up with a, a I don't want to say a dumbed down, but a, a more simple version that doesn't carry that many sensors 
and then create different tiers. You can get your, uh, you know, your bronze, your silver, your platinum, and then have it your way and you can actually collect data. Well, and are we going to find out, you know, one of the things I had a conversation on this podcast a couple of weeks ago with John Fulton, Ohio State University, did a little 100 acre test, all the data you collect on 100 acres and it was two petabytes of data. Mm-hmm. That's too much information. We're, we're collecting, that would be more information than you could actually ever, it's a lot of information. Is there a point where we can decide, well, we really don't need A for this application, maybe on the irrigation pivot, or we don't need B. Is that Does that help? It's not dumbing it down. It's deciding on refining the data I can use. Yeah, so we looked at a couple of different modalities of data. Some other folks, and we tried this, let's collect video. Why? Because we can collect more data. Well, good luck. You know, reducing that to what's relevant, it's enormously time-consuming and probably not relevant. So really what we're trying to get at is what is the minimum set of data that has the most variability that creates an insight that is relevant for the grower. And the speed to figuring out that combination, that's the secret sauce. So for us, that's where we don't take video, we take a picture. And it's a lot easier, and we still take a lot, yeah. but it's a lot reduced. Um, from a machine learning, we can quickly look at the picture from the field, and so the probe has machine learning in the probe that we can say, is that picture good enough? Go and fly it or go and look at different areas. So we can enhance the navigation of the drone to be smart, to find the right indications, whether it's with a satellite image, and then inform with what the drone is collecting in the field. Uh, I mentioned this, so we use a technology that, say, Tesla uses for self-driving vehicles. It's real time, so you have to use history, whatever you have from the field and the weather, and then when you go into the field, is game time. So you have to still adjust that in the field to be smart about what you collect. But it's creating the most value with the minimum amount of data. Okay, that makes sense. So when you're saying that the, the probe's taking that good picture and it can go on to another area, if it hasn't taken a good picture, does it stall the drone? Because it's on autopilot, right? It does. So there is an, a configuration that you can put the drone, which is find anything you can. Okay. There's another one, which is like we had here. Right. We have tar spot, and we don't, we're not sure how bad it is. Okay. And so focus on tar spot. So the drone is smart enough to know, hey, if you haven't found something that is an indication of disease, whether it's ground-based or pathogen or fungal pathogen, et cetera, then it, w- it will hover and it will stay as long as it can to find the right type of things that are indications that are relevant. Because at the end of the day, you want to have a prescription map generated or something, and you want to trust it. So you have to go out, just like a scout would go out. You have to kind of pick a few plants and, and, and look at what you have. Core sampling is the same thing for soil. you got to pick a few cores. This is not any different. Are you getting rid of the crop scout? Um, I think there is a, that's a debate. That's a debate, and I guess... I, I'm a big proponent that we need to have more scouts. Right. I think we need to have them be extremely more efficient. So m- what I advocate is ground truthing and crop scouting is very, very important function. And as we get to the edge of technology with satellite and prediction, we need to look at the next set of indications that make sense to add value. And I think automating crop scouting is going to be very important. Am I going to put some people out of business? Just like any other industry, we want to upgrade this their skill set so they can worry, so we can worry about the next set of things, right. and then have the the arduous task of actually ground truthing VT corn 15 inch. Let the drone do that. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Well, thank you for your time, and thanks for being with me on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thanks to Orlando Saez from AcreAg for his insights on some interesting tech topics. And thanks again to Tom Eikhoff, the Climate Corporation, for his advice for data as the 2021 harvest arrives. 
Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs, and the just-finished Farm Progress show, and the upcoming Husker Harvest Days. You can buy advanced tickets for Husker Harvest Days at huskerharvestdays.com. You can save on admission, and if you have that ticket printed and in hand when you get to the show, you'll get through the gates faster. Get your tickets soon. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.